Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC, I'm standing uh, actually on the field at Wrigley Field watching Potters take batting practice for the start of the three-game series against the Cubs. Steve Posner, you are in San Diego. Jay, what are we talking about here? Because uh, we need to get this thing going because the Padres, Cubs, first pitch is at 11-10 your time. I think it's 11:20, but we'll give you that. I, I know oh, it's. I'm gonna, you know what, Jay? You know what I say? If you're on time, you're late. So. I, know, I know how. I know it's very, 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 very <laughs> hot and uncomfortable there. So I'm sure. I'm sure it's already frying your brain a little bit. So we'll give you the. Uh, we'll give you the 10 minutes. I will tell you, it's quite comfortable here in San Diego, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> nice of you. Look, can you I'm tell him to turn field. down? Can you tell him to turn down that uh, organ music a little bit? I think it's just beautiful, and uh, it goes along with what I was going to say. Any inconveniences or background noise for a podcast, uh, I'm standing at Wrigley Field. The ivy is in bloom. People are like, yeah, this is just one of the great places to watch a ball game, I'll tell you that. And the players, the players love it. Well, we'll see how the pitchers and everybody loves it today <laughs> when it's uh, when the heat index is 110 today and tomorrow, but... And I, I, it'd be interesting to see how that affects even, you know, use of pitchers. I mean, you would figure that guys would might wear out a little bit a little bit quicker having to be in the heat like that, going to shoot for some quick innings. And for the Padres, facing a very good team, the Cubs 52-44. and 44, They're two games up in the NL Central. Uh, I think most people would expect to see them in the postseason, and which segues into the fact that can we finally – agree that the Padres are not going to the postseason this year, which I think we've, I know I've said all year, I know you've said pretty much all year that that's not going to happen and we should start focusing on the trade deadline here? Well, you, Jay, have said it um, all year uh, because you have that freedom and uh, I have basically said it all year. As a beat writer, try to be a little more like temperate in what I say. Sure. But I think that everybody, and the way I'll explain it is this, in the organization, if you're not wearing a uniform because the guys in uniform I mean you have to you'd be, you'd be like wait a minute what they don't think they can make the playoffs right, they're not right. playing to make the playoffs and, and AJ Preller Ron Fowler uh, Josh Stein everybody in the personnel department has yes we're going to try and make the best team for 19 but I base what I see and, and, and I base what I think based on what I see and what I hear and the Padres have never thought that 2019 was the year so the answer to your question is Yes, onto the trade deadline, and I would say even more likely onto the off season in terms of this team continuing to build toward what they do believe. Like excuse is over. Even the people I talked to this week, again, 2020, we're not going to be better than the Dodgers. We are going to be a wild card team. Is how the Padres organization thinks. Right. No, I think that seems realistic. I mean, it's it's not going to be easy to ever catch up to the Dodgers, and certainly not in the near. <laughs> in the near future based on the assets that they have. And and even, I mean, let's be honest, even in the long term with the advantages that, that they have going for them, and, and face it, they also have some really smart people in that organization, just like the Padres do. But the Dodgers have a great array of talent, and if they don't have talent, they're able to go out and, and purchase it. And, of course, the Padres have done the same thing. I mean, they spent a lot of money on Eric Hosmer, spent a lot of money on Manny Machado, Spent a lot of money on Will Myers. Uh, okay, so where where do things stand with Will Myers? Is he at this point just oh, okay. the world's most expensive? Well, maybe not most expensive, but a very expensive bench player from here yeah, from here who, on out, basically. Who, who really isn't even that? I mean, look look no look no further than yesterday. 
he was the first guy off the bench in a situation that Will Myers would not have been the guy to use in that situation. But they saved uh, they saved Josh Naylor for later. <laughs> you know, Ian Simler was uh, you know the guy uh, for later if necessary. Uh, Will Myers would he pinch hit in the fifth? Right. You know that that or there was or was it the fourth? Um, <laughs> no, it was the fifth. No, it was the fifth. So uh, you know, I thought I was surprised at how lost Luis Urias looked when he was up here. When you take into account Will Myers' salary, Will Myers' experience, Will Myers' accomplishments in the major league, the level of loss right now is baffling everyone. Everyone. And so uh, I would anticipate that there's something with, you know, uh, they can't let it go on like this. And, and basically, for weeks now, basically, people in the organization are saying the same thing to me. It's up to him. As in, you know, like we've done all we can. That doesn't mean they're not continuing to work with Will. But they, I mean, my gosh, if there was a snake oil salesman who came through town, <laughs> they would, you know, probably, uh, you know, buy something for Will and have Will try it uh, while he did yoga and aerobics and, uh, you know, changed his swing. They have tried everything. Uh, so all that anyone's saying for sure right now is something has to change. And, and look, they, they can't even, they're not going to. They're not going to swap another bad contract. So that what that means is even if they swap a bad contract, which does not seem likely right now, uh, they need to at least get half of what is due to Will Myers back. So that's $10 million a year. Um, easier said than done. Well, it's certainly one thing to watch. And another thing to watch is uh, you had a story up this morning on the Padres having interest, uh, which long rumored in Noah Syndergaard and Trevor Bauer and I'm sure a lot of other players as well uh update us all on the trade situation you know we are what 12 days away from july 31st right now and where do where do things stand a couple interesting things to me and i'll I'll, uh, go with the uh, the headline grabber first and that is noah syndergaard is the guy that they're really interested in now that doesn't mean it won't be trevor bauer but uh, they believe Noah Syndergaard's uh, upside, for, for, uh, first of all. Second of all, he's got an extra year of control. Um, and they believe he's, you know, got a better, he's a better pitcher. So, and Trevor Bauer also comes with some other things that wouldn't rule him out. But there's some idiosyncrasies uh, there, Jay, that uh, they're not entirely sure that they want to bring on or that they have to bring on. Remember, they, they have Trevor, uh, or they have Trevor coming back in September. They have Nelson Lamette, uh, Luis Patino, Mackenzie Gore. They want uh, they want another ace or near ace, and that's why Syndergaard and, and Bauer are their, are their targets. And that has been the case when they were 500 coming at the break, and that is the case if they go to 500 a day and 600 tomorrow and 700 the next day. Because like we kind of talked about already and have been talking about all year, uh, this is a, a long-term play. Those guys, one of those guys would help make the Padres better this year. It would make their record better this year. Heck, could it help them get into a wild card if, if other people collapse? Sure. That's not what this is about. It's about 2020. And what are we looking at in terms of what they're willing to give up? You know, my brother lives, my brother lives in Cleveland. I got a message from him this morning about the stories, you know, going around about ba- the particularly about Bauer. And he yeah. wrote back and said, T-A-T-I-S. And I said, I don't think that's happening. Well, that's the beauty of why this is more likely now, uh, Jay, is that people know that Tatis is not available, right? Right. They know, like like last year where the Padres bluffing, they're not going to give up Luis Patino. Look, if they wanted to give up 
uh, Patino or Tatis or Gore last year, Noah Syndergaard could be here, and, and so could Chris Archer. Heck, they could have remade their whole rotation, uh, but, right. but that's not going to happen. So in a way, that's a big part of, of how trades get done, is what's the basis, and what do people think and know about what the Padres are doing? And so now they know, hey, look, Adrian Morahone is available, Luis Urias is available, Luis Coutinho and uh, Mackenzie Gore are not. Basically, everybody but Mackenzie Gore and, and Patino, uh, and you know that you would think of in the names uh, are available. And Tatis, let's throw him well, in. Well, of course, there. right? Like, like, look, okay. Tatis is uh, like as I wrote this morning, uh, a million billion times closer <laughs> to a, uh, a a six-year contract from the Padres than he is to being traded in the next six years. So uh, that that's that's yeah. I think we almost can uh, go without saying there. But, um, and Jay, you know, I got in late last night and I just lost my train of thought, but I know that we are. <laughs> I, 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 I will uh, say that there's been interest in Morahone. There's been interest in Luis Urias. And I, I know that the Mets, and again, this is like one of the reasons that this time of the year gets, you know, teams talk about a lot of things. But I believe that Luis Urias will be called up soon. The Padres are not holding him down because they don't want his trade value to go down if he stinks again in the majors. He'll be up, but Luis Urias could be moved at any time between uh, you know tomorrow and the start of the 2020 season. He's available, and I believe that the Mets are uh, one of the teams that are interested. Right. The only thing I was going to say is, do you see, and I wouldn't expect a complete list, but do you see anybody else that's untouchable besides the people we mentioned, anyone else in the minors? Some of the younger infielders, obviously, uh-huh. would be taking Urias' place. Right, you can't uh, t- trade very, all of them. Right, right, and are very exciting. Uh, some of the new guys they've gotten, obviously your top draft pick, um, and so maybe that's why I should, uh, you know, have a list in front of me and, you know, just be all prepared, but I am standing on Wrigley Field. Uh, I, but think there, you, I, I think you mentioned that. Some, there are some, well, you know, <laughs> uh, there and sweating like a dog, Dave. It's like, you know what a good dresser I am. Oh, anyway. Sharp, uh, sharp and, dress, and, man. Oh, sweat. Uh, there are some, uh, the names that you're, you're, you're thinking of, like, well, wait a minute, who would be their second baseman? You know, who's going to be their center fielder in the future? Uh, there are more untouchables, let's say. But the fact is, like, I really believe, based on the conversations I've been having for a month or more um, with, with people in the organization, as well as some of the other, like, people on the periphery of other clubs, uh, scouts and such, that those three might be the only truly untouchable. Like, like it really depends on who you're offering, but you're not offering them anybody for Tatis, Patino, or, or Gore. I guess unless it's, you know, a younger Max Scherzer. So if you've got a time machine <laughs> and Max Scherzer, then call them about Tatis. Right. I was going to say, tell me who the next Mike Trout is, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then maybe we'll talk about one of those guys. What are the chances that July 31st comes and nothing happens? My understanding all along, and, and even this week, is that it's far more likely in the offseason for something to happen. First of all, the Padres will be under more pressure. You know what? Other teams will too. But the Padres have a 40-man roster crunch. And what that means is this year, like last year was more like, ooh, look at all these prospects. Yes, there are prospects this year, that are, or you know, prospects and uh, you know, whatever you want to call them when they're almost at the majors. Um, but there's a lot of guys that are on the 40-man roster, Ty France uh, being one of them, you know, uh, 
gosh, uh, pitchers, a bunch of pitchers. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made. So what is what the Padres are going to be doing is like packaging two, three guys that are like you know forty men or about to be forty men for a Noah Syndergaard and that sort of thing. So uh, far more likely in the off season. All right. It's, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should cover, but I feel like I, I should. This. I love when I get into a city late, get up early, and, and you just sort of take the reins, Jay. I just you see... know that, like. I know, but I I feel like I, I feel like I'm almost sweating, just like sympathy sweating, <laughs> and and we should get you out of the out of the heat. Are you in comfort at least in the press box there? Uh, no, the press box is, is open, and uh, it, it's uh, well, at least it's in the shade as opposed to what I am now. <laughs> right, uh, right. Because you also don't do a podcast in the dugout where there is, uh, you know, like a air conditioning type of machine, right? That's real nice, but you don't do that when players are walking by and past you and uh, all that stuff. Uh, that's just rude. Plus, I don't want to hear you know talking about possibly trading them, uh, <laughs> and so because uh, that's just rude too. Go on out in the sun. But uh, again, I want to make this clear. Not complaining, not a place in the world, and since my wife doesn't listen to this, not a place in the world I'd rather be. <laughs> All right, well, I think we've, we've done enough. We want to, get this, uh, want to get this up for people to hear before it gets too late, and uh, we will continue on next week. You will be in New York, where I'm sure it might be, what, like three degrees cooler or something, but at least a couple of night games in, uh, in New York starting on Tuesday. So uh, barring some big move over the weekend or on Monday that prompts an emergency podcast, we will be back with everyone on Tuesday. So until then, have a good weekend. Right on. Appreciate it.